Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash malicious compliance, where you'll hear super satisfying stories of people teaching others a lesson by doing exactly what's asked of them. And guys, this episode, as always, is going to be wild. You'll hear about racist Karens, salty boyfriends, bad bosses, and nurses getting what they deserve. I hope you enjoy the stories. Hit subscribe if you haven't. And with that said, let's dive into the stories. Okay, so my boyfriend and I broke up a few months ago, but there's been complications with the apartment because we're both on the lease and blah blah blah. I found a new place to live and moved out last weekend. I got the important stuff out, but there was still a few small boxes left and I didn't go through the kitchen because I didn't know what my new roommate had. My ex did help me move and everything was going well and we were being really cordial. Well, last night, my ex asked me to come over to pick up a few small boxes that were in the closet and also to say hi to his dog who was sad that I was gone. So I go over there and we're just hanging out. I play with his dog and everything's good. I then asked him if he minded if I took the dish brush because my new house didn't have one. Now I asked that because I bought this dish brush just a couple of weeks ago and I even splurged on a nicer one. Now I do want to note that I'm the only person in the relationship who's ever bought any household items like this. I've also just moved into a new place where the rent is higher. I've had to pay for a moving truck and all the other things associated with moving somewhere new. The last thing I want to do is go to the store, drop another $50 or so by buying a bunch of little things that I literally just bought a couple of weeks ago. Now apparently asking for the dish brush triggered him, and he made the ridiculous dictate at 8pm Wednesday night mind you, that I could take anything that's mine tonight, but anything that was there when I left that night would be his property. Hearing that, I was annoyed, and I said, no, I don't agree to this. I immediately said the dish brush was not a big deal. I told him I didn't come prepared, I didn't bring boxes, bags, etc. to get everything I wanted from the kitchen. I said I could do this tomorrow or any other day of his choosing. I begged him to compromise. I told him I wouldn't take the dish brush or anything that he said he wanted. However, he only tripled down. He then refused to budge from his ridiculous demand. So I became very irate. I told him if he was going to make me move all my dishes out in plastic trash bags tonight, that I was going to take every last thing that was mine. Again, I'm the only person who ever bought anything like pots, spices, utensils, cleaning supplies, etc. I initially was planning on leaving most of it with him because my new roommate already has a lot of the stuff. But I decided that if he was going to make such a ridiculous rule, then I would just take it all. I took everything. I took the dish brush, the sponges, both used and unused, all my spices, the soaps, the utensils, all the pots, the Tupperware, the toothpicks, the toilet paper, the pillows, the wall hooks, the coat hangers. I even took the light bulbs that I bought. I took it all. Now, did I yell? Yes. Was I petty? Absolutely. But I think it's quite petty to make a demand on the spot that everything I don't take tonight becomes his. When this was not the pretense under which I came over, and I was obviously not prepared. Guys, I love this malicious compliance so, so much. See, this is what happens when you play stupid games, guys. You win stupid prizes. 
And if I was in OP's shoes, I would have texted him the day after and invited him to the garage sale that I was planning to have that weekend, where he can buy everything he needs back. Okay, so I used to work at a gas station in a pretty culturally diverse area, but overall, it was basically the border between a very rural area and a suburban area in Florida. The suburban area was more culturally diverse, with the different businesses around and access to the highway. The rural area is what you would call redneck country, and anyone who lived there would tell you the same. Now, I'm Filipina, and those features kind of show. I have high cheekbones, dark hair, dark eyes, and somewhat tan skin. I'm more light-skinned because my mom's white, so it does throw some people off. But I'm almost never identified as Filipina because I speak Spanish. In that particular area, we do have a lot of Spanish customers, so some would overhear me speak to them in Spanish, and either look surprised that I know how to speak it, or more commonly mistake me for being Hispanic. So one morning, at around 4.30am, a Hispanic regular comes in and gets his usual coffee, water bottle, and a pastry of some kind that we sold. We usually talk while he made his coffee because we just opened up and it was dead around that time. He was on his way out to head to work, when another, easily 6 foot tall, middle-aged, white gentleman swings the door open with a very annoyed expression. I was caught off guard. Not only because he swung the door open aggressively, but because there was no other car in the parking lot or at any pumps, so I had no idea where the guy came from. My regular tells me, adios, so I naturally respond with, que tengas un buen dia. Now I think my mistake was that I looked at my new customer before I was done speaking to the previous one, and this made him very angry. The guy starts yelling at me that I was being racist, that I was racially profiling him, and to this day, I don't know what he meant by that. I apologized and tried to explain that I was talking to the other man walking out the door, and then he cuts me off and told me to speak to him in his native white language, putting heavy emphasis on the word white when he said it. So I then began to say random phrases that I could remember in various languages like French, German, Italian, and I also threw a little Polish in there. And the guy goes off. He says, Stop! I can't understand what you're saying, you border rat bitch. Now honestly, that was a new one for me, but I stopped as requested. I then look at him with the biggest smile on my face and told him, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't know which white language you wanted me to use, so I was trying all of them to see which one it was. The guy starts calling me racist again, claiming he was going to call corporate on me for racially discriminating against him and not giving him service. I then told him that I don't know what he wanted me to do because he was too busy racially profiling me and spitting racial slurs at me for asking him. Now at this, he smiles smugly and says that nobody's going to believe my illegal ass that he said any of that anyway. I then politely pointed to the cameras around the store and told him I had eight different angles of him saying all that to me, and his smile vanished. He then tells me to F right off and go to hell, and then he stormed out. Honestly, to this day, I have no idea where he came from or what he needed from the store, but that experience hasn't and probably won't ever leave me. So sir, wherever you are now, I hope you're a little bit more cultured, and at the very least, understand that not all white people speak English. I just want to say that OP handled that interaction like a champion though, and I love this comment right here. This person says, oh, he sounds plenty cultured if you ask me. I'm pretty sure you can culture a foot fungus. So yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that, guys. So back in high school, around 2010, I used to work the closing shift at Dunkin' Donuts on Sunday nights. 
Per company policy, I could box up two dozen donuts to bring home with me before throwing the rest out. One dozen went with my dad to work in the morning, and one dozen came with me to school. Specifically, my Spanish class, which was pretty small and a pretty tight-knit group. Now, this practice of bringing donuts every Monday sparked an idea in one of my classmates' heads. I'll call her Anne in this story. She suggested that since it's so nice to have donuts once a week, that we should do a weekly snack day, where everybody can bring something in. They decided that this would be on Thursday, and I said that I would just continue bringing donuts every week on Monday as my contribution. Everybody was okay with this, except for Anne. She said, no, 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 snack day is Thursday. If you're not going to bring a snack on Thursday, then you aren't welcome to participate. Now at that, I was pretty pissed, but what can you do? It's only one snack one time. And then I got to thinking about it. I was only required to bring a snack, not something sweet or delicious or even palatable. As long as it was edible, then it counted. The next closing shift, I grabbed an extra empty dozen box. I then went to the store on Wednesday night and got a five-pound bag of potatoes. I then washed them and put them right in the box and dropped the box off early morning to my Spanish classroom so no one would get wise to the actual contents. Apparently, the earlier classes had seen the box sitting on the shelf and told our class that we had donuts, and everybody was excited. I then brought them up, put them on top of the Elmo projector, trying my best not to betray the extra heft. My classmates all scurried up excitedly, and Anne herself was the one to open the box. And then a blank expression turned to raw frustration. She then protested, You were supposed to bring a snack today. I then say to her, I did. Now I said that as I walked up to the box, grabbed a potato, and then bit into it while making direct eye contact with her. I then say to her, you don't have to have any if you don't want. So so with that, everybody shuffled back to their desks. And Anne tried desperately to grab a new argument out of thin air, but it was not coming. I finished my potato triumphantly and brought the rest home for my mom after school. The box was checked. She could not try to exclude me from the weekly snack day anymore. Everybody else in class who thought she was a bit over the top thought the antic was hilarious after they got over the initial disappointment. Guys, I almost couldn't hold it together. Like, just picturing OP eating a friggin' raw potato while staring Anne straight in the eyes just makes my day. I do have one question, though. Who the heck put Anne in charge? Like, yeah, let's base the snack day off the free donuts that OP brings in every single week, but then make the decision that OP's contribution will no longer be enough. Like, what kind of Karen BS is that, guys? I also thought that OP was going to bring in rock-hard donuts that he boxed on Monday, but I guess potatoes work too, right? Both are edible, but kind of unappetizing. So this background is kind of long, but it is important to the story to understand how ridiculous this nurse was being, and how clumsy I was. So, way back in the magical year of 2000, I was a teenager attending summer camp. Usually, it's day only. There's tons of outdoor activities, such as canoeing, hiking, swimming, archery, the works. I did not break my arm doing any of these. For the older two years of kids, they would host an overnight in tents once a month. I was 13, and I was finally allowed to go, and I was very excited. Got my tent, my sleeping bag, and my friends. The night went as you would expect when there's 20 13-year-olds in tents with adults nearby. We tried to pull as many stupid stunts as we could get away with. I got dared to stand on a picnic table and dance. And yeah, 13-year-olds aren't very creative. So I get up there and I did. In the dark. While it was raining. I do want to note that I did not break my arm dancing on a wet table in near darkness. So when we all had a good laugh, I went to step down using the bench. And I missed. My leg plunged down in the gap between the bench and the table, and I went down and forward. I hit the bench on my way, 
pivoted around really fast and landed on my outstretched hands, and there was an audible snap. So my left forearm, bearing my full weight and sudden deceleration, broke in half like a twig. It didn't even break skin. I remember rolling over, seeing my arm with suddenly two elbows, panicking, and then pushing it back into place. Not perfectly, obviously, as it was broken, but it was no longer at a 90 degree angle. And that's when it starts hurting a lot. The ambulance took forever to get us as they kept missing the turnoff for the campsite. I then found out later that they drove past it for most of that time. Eventually, it arrives, I'm loaded in, and it's off to the hospital. When we finally arrived, it's been an hour since I broke my arm. Now, I've been in intense pain the whole time, and the EMTs hadn't given me anything for it. Now, I don't remember why. The whole ride is pretty fuzzy. So this is where the malicious compliance comes in. I get brought to the main desk and triage area. Now, this hag of a woman with permanent resting bitch face starts asking me questions while EMTs are standing by with me after telling her what they knew. Now, it was a bit fuzzy, but the gist is, the nurse asked, so what happened? I tell her, I fell and I broke my arm. It really hurts. The EMT said you could give me something while I wait. The nurse then rolls her eyes and makes a tut-tut noise. And she says, we have to get your arm x-rayed first to make sure it's really broken. We can't give you anything until we're sure, so go have a seat. I then say to her, I'm sure it broke in half. I put it back in place. At this, the nurse smirks and says, really? You broke it in half. Prove it. I get kids like you all the time looking for drugs. So hearing this, I'm beyond pissed. I've been in agony for over an hour, and this woman's treating me like absolute garbage. Now, even if it was a sprain, shouldn't that warrant some kind of pain management? I'm holding my arm, and I think for a second, and then decide, eh, you know what, F it. As the EMTs are about to interject, I raise my left arm, grab the far end of my forearm with my right hand, and I push and my arm bends very, very far. The nurse's face drains of all color, and she looks like she's gonna be sick. She immediately gets on the phone, and I am now in 10 times the amount of pain, but I'm grinning as much as I can. It took them less than 5 minutes to put me in a room, pump me full of morphine, set my arm in a temporary wrap, and then x-ray me and schedule the surgery. I had a plate and 5 screws put in, along with a full cast that I kept on for about 6 weeks. They then took the pin and plates out 6 months later. It was very painful and annoying, but other than a gnarly scar, my arm is totally fine. Thinking back on it 20 years later, it's still worth it. Okay, first of all, I want to say that OP is freaking badass. For being in that much pain already, and then bending his arm to prove to the nurse that it's really broken. And secondly, I don't think a medical professional should have been saying that to OP, let alone any patient. Like, is it ridiculous what she said to OP, or is that just me? I really, really hope she learned her lesson. If not, she'll probably tell the next person, you know what, one time, I had a boy who came in, and he was so addicted to drugs and needed his fix that he broke his arm in half. Oh, and for all interested, OP does share pictures of his crazy scar and his plate screws. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So this was about 20 years ago. I was working as an hourly manager at a popular American fast food place. Franchise, not corporate. I had been there several years and accrued some vacation time. I requested a week off months in advance to go on a hunting trip a few states away with my dad, who taught me to shoot and hunt. The vacation time was approved by the GM of the store, and I booked a trip that's non-refundable. So a week before I was due to go on vacation, the head office decided to replace my GM with one from a different store they owned. The new general manager decided that he had to assert his dominance by rejecting my vacation time, and stated that he didn't have enough managers available to cover the ships. I then argued that the trip was already booked, but he wasn't hearing any of it. Now I did like my job, and I didn't want to leave, but there was no way I was going to miss this trip. I tried everything to get him to approve the time off, but he scheduled me to work that week anyway. He told me if I didn't work, I would be fired, and I told him I was going. Now I liked my coworkers, and I didn't want to screw anybody over by having shifts that needed covered, so I got them all covered a few days before I left. The general manager wouldn't approve them working for me and said I still had to work. I was working the day before the trip, the Friday, and he knew I was leaving the next day no matter what. So part of my job was to schedule the crew's shifts. It typically needed to be done by Sunday for the following week, but on this day, he said I had to have it done that day. So cue the malicious compliance. Now one additional thing to note is that this was 15 years after the most popular girl's name was Ashley, and the most popular boy's name was Michael. This means we had 8 Ashleys and 6 Michaels working there. So that Saturday, from 11am to 2pm on lunch rush, on the GM shift, every single one of them was scheduled at the same time. Now I can only imagine the chaos when he wanted one of them to do something. When I picked up my last check, another shift manager confirmed that it was as glorious as I had imagined. So the house I grew up in was built on the side of a hill. There was great views, but the geography posed some challenges for city utilities, sewage in particular. Now their solution was to put all the houses on the hill in what was called a shared line. Essentially, one big pipe ran through all the backyards, just below the house's basements. Effluent would flow out from the houses into the shared pipe and then down the hill to the city sewer line, by the bottommost house. When we moved in, we were at the highest point that it was possible to build on, and still be a part of that shared sewer line. But a few years later, someone bought a lot just over the crest of the hill and linked up with ours without being part of the planned community that had an HOA that took care of the sewer line. And in fact, they did so without the HOA's approval. And so, for the next two decades, my family would be the subject of near-constant harassment over the state of the sewer. Their end of the line was lower than ours by just enough that it would stop flowing and clog, often backing up into their basement, bathroom, and shower. Now, they'd accuse us of diverting our effluent to their line, because I guess we were some kind of plumbing wizards. Now, the reason nobody built a house on that part of the hill during the original development was that the soil was unstable, something hydrology related. So sure enough, over the years, the house would occasionally separate from the hill and slide down a couple of inches. But our neighbor had connections in the code enforcement agency, so the place never got condemned like it should be. 
they just had to shore it up and reconnect all the utilities. So the thing is, the further down the house moved, the steeper the negative incline was from their sewer connection to our junction box, making the clogs and backups even worse. At one point, it got so bad that their sewer barely flowed. Some days, it got completely clogged, and somehow this was our fault. They spent the next year calling us every single time they tried to flush a toilet, and crap came out of their downstairs shower. They called a plumber, who said they had to redo their part of the shared line. And to do it, they'd have to bust through our two-story masonry wall so they could get a backhoe onto our property and dig out the line. Of course, we had issues with this. We said, no, you will not come onto our property and tear it up with a big-ass piece of construction equipment. Hire human laborers or something. But instead, they hired lawyers who started slinging paper around. According to them, we were in violation of state law that specifically gave an implied easement, which grants a homeowner access through another property's to maintain their own. So we hired lawyers of our own who said that we basically had one choice. We could win the case, but pay a ton of money, or we could just let it happen. Either way, we're screwed. But they pointed out one important fact, that the 20-year-old masonry wall wasn't in the greatest of shape anyways, so... A few months later, we present them with a bill for $75,000 for the rebuilding of the wall. Also, the installation of a new set of stairs, replacement of the entire wrought iron fence that had separated the two properties, resodding, replacement of the ornament plants and shrubs, and some minor repairs to our sewer, which they had borked up while relaying their pipes. Now, I'm not a general contractor, but my guess is they could have hired a pick-and-shovel laborer to dig out that pipe and replace it with a new one, for a fraction of that price. But no, they had to have a giant caterpillar tread machine do it. They balked, but then we handed them a Xerox copy of the letter that their lawyers had sent us, with a pursuant to paragraph blah blah of the common code of blah blah blah, citing the next paragraph, which stated that the person using the easement was 100% responsible for any damage that might be caused. They still balked, but my parents had put a lien on their property and stayed there to the day they tried to sell, at which point they had to pay up or the purchaser's creditors wouldn't underwrite a mortgage. I think they had to pay interest too, but I'm not 100% sure about that. Yeah, I'm just going to refrain from inserting a bad pun into this, so I'm just going to say that talk about a plan going terribly, terribly wrong, right? And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash malicious compliance. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the stories today, because I sure as heck did. And if you missed yesterday's episode on the channel, I'm going to link it right here. A Karen decides to attack OP in an airport over a wheelchair, because her son's feet hurt, and they need it more. Of course, it's another ridiculous story, so go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.